1: Right, hello world. Um, hope you've all had a great Christmas, well, where possible, tears and country depending. Um, so tonight we are recording um, straight after the first of our tricky festive doubleheader against Spurs and Man United. Uh, with you tonight, I've got Dan, Kim and our special guest for this evening, Rowan Ricketts. Rowan,
2: how are you doing? I'm fantastic, brother. Come over here to be
1: i do the bang, to the bang.
2: am oh, excellent. Yeah, I'm doing good as well, brother. Good, good.
1: Um, I hope you've had a good Christmas as well over there in Toronto. Um, as I was saying, just before we come on air, I'm loving the football jersey that you got on there t- tonight. Is that that's the Colombian
2: football jersey? Is that right? Yeah, you, yep, you know your stuff. You're Colombia repping it for the wife. Wife is over there. <laughs> well, good, good stuff. Um
1: so Rowan, and um, conscious that you know we've got we've got you on a special guest tonight. Um, And I know that you've got your own coaching academy. So just wanted to give you uh, a chance to tell us a little bit about that and tell us what you're doing in regards to that.
2: So, yeah, I've been doing a a few things since I retired a few years ago. Um, I set up Royal Ricketts Academy because I I realised that I, one, had a gift um, to communicate with people really well. And then I'm extremely passionate about helping individuals. And then the, the, I would say the topic that I'm most kind knowledgeable about is football. So I've put that together, created my own company, the Ricketts, um, the Ron Ricketts Academy. And I've been coaching children from as young as five years old up to 18 years old. Um, just trying to develop them first as people. Uh, and then with that, develop them as football players. So I've really, really kind of been enjoying that. And also I do some other stuff on the side. So i was doing some stuff with Wolves. So I'm also a commercial sports agent. So I'll look for brands around the world using the contacts that I've met over all the countries that I've traveled to and lived in. And I'll try and find companies and brands that would like to use Wolves. Oh, I've done some stuff with Spurs, Man City, Birmingham City, just to see if they want to kind of merge their company and merge it with the clubs and try and get more visibility and try to um, kind of build their brands in new markets that may, they may not be in it. So I've been doing that. I've also started a translation company. Esperame no no ni Sorry about that. When you get to know, so my wife's Colombian. And when you get to know them, you realize they're loud they don't really have a lot of control and they just blurt stuff out. So that's them. So my apologies. Um, So, um, so yeah, so I also started like a translate translation uh, company where I'll help people to translate. I was doing that more so when I was in England. And now what I'm trying to do is to try and get into films and try and get into films and stuff that I spoke to Wolves over there to see if they was interested to see if uh, people who didn't have their, 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 their works translated if they would like to translate into Spanish because um, I, I speak fluently in Spanish and, and I'm always developing that. As well as many other stuff that I'm working on. I dance as well. I dance a lot of salsa. We have a dance company where we dance and we do teach salsa, bachata. Lots of stuff going on, brothers. So-
1: I've got my follow-up, my follow-up question to you then is: Is there anything that you're not doing at the minute, then? Because <laughs> you say, you're yeah. saying like you're pretty busy and you got a lot on at the minute.
2: That that's a very good question. That's a good <laughs> question. Yeah, no, I'm I'm always I'm always you know I'm one of these people that I go bed late listening. I'm on. Um, I go bit late listening to lots of uh, kind of audio books, trying to learn new things to try and create new things. Um, at the moment, I want to work on something in Africa, uh, in real estate, and you know because. There's just so much to do, and if you're passionate like I am and curious, you gotta act now. Do you know what I mean?
1: Right, it seems like we're gonna see you on Dragon's Den at some point, aren't you? Pitching all these
2: ideas. Sharks the Tank, Star. brother. Sharks tank.
1: Oh, shark tank over there, is it?
2: Yeah, shark tank. Have you seen it?
1: No, I've not seen it. I uh, guess it's I the same. It. I guess it's the same as Dragon's Den, is it?
2: No, no, it's better, pal. It's better. It's better. Right? <laughs> what's going on, Dan? Dan, what's going on over there?
3: I'm just you, uh, Envious of them, what you got going on? I mean, I'm stuck here in lockdown, <laughs> wondering what I'm doing with my life, and I, 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 I'm I, I'm always watching your Instagram. You and the missus dancing the salsa on the Insta, and that's inspiring enough as it is. Never mind of all this on top.
2: You got to get involved, pal. You got to get involved. Anyway, let's keep it rolling. Let's keep it rolling, Adam. What's going on? All right, then. Well, let's let's jump into the game
1: then. So, yeah. So tonight we're up against uh, Spurs, and I want to get everyone's thoughts on there the, and on their lineup and so Kim I want to come to you first what when you saw our lineup come through from I'm assuming like the rest of us you've got the Wolves Twitter account on the old notifications on Twitter so as soon as it's up you yeah, know about yeah. it what did you think yeah. about it when it came through
4: well I was pretty surprised actually I think the first thing to say was I think everyone expected us to go five at the back actually and I think Mourinho did as well Um hence Spurs lineup with five at the back I would imagine was to match our five um, initially. Um, I think overall, it was actually the right decision for Wolves to play four at the back. Um, But I think if Tottenham had been a little bit more expansive in the game, then they would have probably scored more. Um, But I think overall, it it did work. I mean, you can't say that it didn't work um, going all out attack virtually. You know, Silver really led the line well. And, it, and compared to Burnley, I think, you know, you can't disagree that we really, really sort of, you know, tried to create a lot more. It's just that final ball a lot of the time that, that's missing, I think.
1: Dan, what did you reckon? I mean, when you saw the lineup, what did, oh, well, I'm conscious to get your thoughts on the lineup, then also an our bench as well, because I've saw there's been a few comments about our bench, but I think there's some other reasons for that, but I'll, I'll let you tackle that point.
3: I mean, it's, it's pretty clear at the moment. The, the the key players that we're missing: Jimenez, Johnny, Den Donca, Willie Bolly. They're, they're they're massive massive players for us, and I think that that's shown with our um, youthful our bench was this evening. But um, that starting line up is my starting lineup If if I have a choice with the players that we got fit at the moment, we've got to make the most of Fabio Silva up front while we can. He needs the minutes. We haven't got a striker on the books who can who can lead the line the way that he. He, he did really well tonight. Fabio did. Was, um, I think the more minutes that he gets under his belt, he, uh, an actual goal from our open plan, I think his confidence will soar.
1: Absolutely, i couldn't hear more. And uh, Rowan, did I mean um, you managed to catch what to catch the game? What did you thought? Were your thoughts on the lineup when you saw it? Do you do you think that Wolves are better off when we go as Gunco as we do, or do you think that we're, Wolves are better off when we switch have five at the back and we kind of play a bit of a counter attacking game?
2: Um, it's funny because when I've watched Wolves, um, I did watch tonight's game, but when I've watched them, I don't really see them as a total counter attacking team because a lot of the games, it's the games I've seen them playing, they're dominating possession, they're probing, they're trying to play through the lines. they got, they've got a very good identity, I feel, of how, um, they play the game of football and they got some really creative players and, uh, Paul Dance, Neto, uh, Jimenez and, um when he's playing, um, so I, I I I don't mind if they play five at the back or three five two or one. again mi amorcito, say algo porque oh look, here's my little princess. Hola, So um, I'm not in. I I don't I don't mind. Here she comes. One second, one second, everybody, because my daughter wants to get involved. Hey, she, have a
1: what
2: was your thoughts on the game? Yeah, a, no. <laughs> ¿Qué del partido? Bien? <laughs> she's, uh, yeah, she's so good. Okay, but know, mommy, papa, que, papi, papi tiene que So she's
3: definitely yours, Roman.
2: <laughs> sí, eh? Right? you see. Okay, chao. <laughs> <laughs> so, um so as I was saying, I just feel that um Tottenham are not so much an attacking team as people think. And today when I saw the team sheet and then I went to the bench, and I, I was looking I started to think about yesterday's game when Arsenal played against Chelsea and they had all these youngsters playing. And they beat Chelsea, what was it, 3 1, right? So I need I, I I hope you lot as Wolves fans, because obviously you lot are fans, I, I'm a I'm a fan of the club as well, but you've been a fan all your life and then I've I played. So when I'm seeing it, I'm looking at it as a fan a little bit but more so as a player. So when I see these young players on the bench, um, like I did when I saw Spurs starting with some guys like Soares and some other young players, I love it. So, because it shows for me um, depth and you won't know that they're good enough until they maybe get on the pitch or till they get, get a good result, which to Arsenal done yesterday. So the same with, with Wolves. And I, I wasn't even worried about that because Jose Mourinho, like you said, he probably fought, like Kim said, that it, it, you know what, Wolves are going to play five, we're going to match them up. Whereas they played four, and they, they still didn't kind of use the five, the five that they were playing, because they had like two fullbacks on one side. They didn't use that to try and, all right, we're going to kind of counter Spurs and try and play them at their own game, which they usually use well. So I wasn't even worried too much uh, about their lineup nor their bench, because I thought Tottenham are going to be quite kind of pragmatic and... Sit off. So I, I thought the result was a fair result, if I'm being honest.
1: You talk about um, being worried. Guys, were we worried uh, 60 seconds into the game when we went one <laughs> down straight away? Um, is that some. I mean, obviously, we didn't, we didn't expect that, but what did, what did we think? Were we expecting the worst after that? What do we reckon?
3: I was literally into my. Sorry, Kim, I, I was literally into my first slice of dominoes and I was thinking, what the <laughs> hell has <is> happened here? <laughs> you, you know, Wolves, whenever we sort of go behind in recent times, I mean, we've got a good record from coming from, from behind, but you, you you see the sort of confidence that we've got at the moment, the the struggle that we're having with actually putting away chances. It It was massively worrying, but... They've dug in again, and you, you, you can't fall. And they've they've come back. The, to me, I, I thought we was lucky not to win. Mm. I think most, most people would. I'm, I might be biased, but I think you look at. I don't think Tottenham really had a chance after 20, 20, 20 odd minutes. I, I thought Hugo Lloris was was man of the match with the, the amount of saves that he made tonight.
2: Go on, Kim.
4: Well, well, initially I was planning not to have a gin tonight. I thought, right, I'm going to watch the game sober. And then after three minutes or however long it was, I thought, no, this is not going to happen because against Tottenham of all teams who literally are happy at sitting back and you know that that's what Mourinho is going to, you know, wants them to do. So to lose that goal after three minutes was just really infuriating for me. I thought we should, you know, keep it tight for the first 10 to 15 minutes. And then see where we go from there, because then Tottenham would have had to come out a lot more, um, you know, and we might have, you know, been able to counter a little bit more in the first 15, 20 minutes, whereas, you know, they were just two, two sort of banks of four, well, five and four, whatever, whatever you want to call it. And they were just, you know, in their comfort zone. Um, I think the goal was always going to come because we just kept coming at them. But, yeah, I think that first, giving away that goal and Patricio, I never fought Patricio, but I just don't know how how he didn't save it, personally.
1: Are we blaming him? Are we blaming him for the goal?
4: I mean, you've got to, haven't you? Yeah, I think we were slow at coming out and closing down. Um, And I think he didn't think it was going the way that it did. I think he was almost, his weight was on his right foot. Because um, he
3: thought it was going in that in that corner, but yeah, I've been to look at the defending that led up to the to the corner that got cleared out. Of, you know, it's one one ball over the top, and so early in the game, your concentration level's got to be at its, its peak when the when the first whistle goes. So to defend the way we did that led to the corner. But experience has tried to you know he's, he's, he's tried to um, envisage where the ball's going and. and for once this season or however many seasons he's been in now, he's, he's got it wrong.
1: Well, one thing I saw that um, was going on throughout part of the first half, uh, Daniel Pedence, our boy, he was getting a bit of the treatment from the Spurs players. And uh, Rowan, I know you're you're one for a, an author of a great Instagram content, as Dan, Dan mentioned earlier. Are we, I don't know if you're familiar with Pedence's uh, Instagram content lately, but are we expecting to see a bit more Instagram content from him about the fouls he was getting. See, so I think he ended up getting booked, didn't he? Correct me if I'm wrong, for, for um, mouthing back to the referee for some of the fouls he was getting. But do you think that he was being targeted a little bit tonight? Because he, yeah. he was getting a rough end of some of the fouls, I thought.
2: Yeah, I'm not familiar with his con- his content, but I'm going to go and check it out. But um, he, was gonna, he was getting roughed out a bit, but that's what happens. I mean, when you're one of the more creative players on your team, or probably the most creative players, most creative player, you're going to get targeted. They're going to rough you up. They're going to try and put you off the game. And they want you to get booked because then he's going to be on a yellow. But I think he was, him and Neto were the best two players um, in possession for Wolves. Um, but he's just got to learn to, you know, keep calm. And it's like Messi. Well, Messi's been doing it for, for what, 10, 10, 12 years, right? He knows he's going to be targeted but he knows how to keep going, stay calm and, and not, not get off his game, but put, what a player he is. I hope Wolves can hold on to that guy for a good, a good while, you know, because I can see him in the next two to three years at a bigger club.
1: Oh, well, I hope he uh. stays with us as well because I, I do, he's my boy, Pedenz. I absolutely I've love him ever since we first signed him. I loved him, but you're right in what you're saying because him and Neto – and I think I think tonight, especially Neto, he was one of our key players. It was almost like sometimes they were trying to create and score at the same time. But I mean, guys, let's let's talk about them both. Let's talk about Pudenza and Neto. Um, I remember I saw some flashes of massive individual brilliance from Neto. I think he went on a couple of amazing runs as well. So, what do we think for their performances?
3: Me personally, what sort of Rowan mentioned there to agree? I think we will struggle to keep them too at the end of the season the way they're playing. If we if we don't make top six, I think they're they are they are serious players. The way that Daniel Pardens can ride challenges for how small he is, is such a talent that most teams need this sort of attacking player in the final third. That that low centre of gravity, the the quick turn of pace. He he, he it's like what you said just Neto and Pardens are at the moment trying to create and score their own chances because Fabio Silva's just maybe lacking that, just that one yard of experience to get himself in the right areas in the box when they do get past that fallback. If we can I'm for keep, see, I'm
1: foreseeing be... for for the Twitter meltdown already when the time comes. That we're selling one of them two. That's not that's not gonna be a pretty sight at all. <laughs> that'll no, be that'll be a day that'll be the day to stay off all Twitter.
3: You look at those front, those three behind Fabio Neto, Podence, and Traore. There's there's big money in either one of those being sold. It's just, yeah. we, need, we need to try and keep all three of them and get Jimenez or another proper striker in to try and get us in that top six. Top six is still achievable this season because the, the league is that topsy-turvy. But mm. we just need to get that bit of consistency and hopefully get a striker in, in January that can get us the goals, of which obviously we're lacking at the moment.
1: Kim, what did, um, what did you reckon to Traore then, as well as your thoughts on, on and Neto? I'm keen to get your thoughts on Traore as well because I kind of thought we saw... Saw the best in the world and you know the best in the indifferent from him today.
4: Well first of all I'd probably say that Neto was definitely man of the match um, mm. tonight. Easily our best player went past Tottenham players for fun really. Um, Pedence I think was a little bit more quiet. Um, yeah I'm I'm not sure he, he didn't really make his mark on the game like he has yeah. done I think in the last few weeks. Um, and Traore, I actually feel quite sorry for him, because I just think Samedo is just really infuriating at the moment. <laughs> and I might be a bit controversial. I don't want to just keep berating him, but he's just not bringing a lot to the team, I don't think. He, he's almost just getting in Traore's way. And I noticed at one point, they all Tottenham players almost just left Samedo unmarked, because they didn't need to, to to watch him almost and doubled up on Troy Ore. Now it's a bit infuriating that he's not cutting inside, I think, Troy Ore at the moment. And because I think that's where he looks really, really um sort of threatening. Whereas at the moment, yes, he can go past the players, but he gets to the byline, crosses in to Pedence, who's five foot four. And and we've got no one else there. So it's just, yeah, I think yeah, I feel a bit sorry for him, um, you know, with his lack of 21-goal games, is it, without any goals or assists now. But I don't think he's—he's mm. he's, the way he's being utilised and, and how Samados just sort of almost getting in the ways. Um, helping. Yeah,
2: I, 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 I think Torre needs to... I, I don't really feel sorry for him. I just think that... Whether, I don't know if the Gap has told him this, or if he needs to do this, he, need, he needs to come off the line, like you said, c- c- cut inside more. But for me, he needs to take up better positions when he's, at, when he's out of position. So Wolves are in position. Can he go into the middle of the pitch? Can Because he, he basically is just good at running at people, right? And his end product's not the best. So I feel that if he can pick up the ball in some more unfamiliar areas, like center midfield and get it in just, because he can break through the lines. because And that we say that today, we're talking about the Tottenham game. But it could be any game. If he's going to get kind of uh, man-marked or doubled up on and there was one point I saw four Spurs. He had the ball in the right wing. There was the left back, the left winger. Then there was, I think, one of the centre fielders and someone else. There were four players that were in and around him. So it was impossible for him to get in, do anything. But if he can start taking up positions where it's going to be maybe harder for Spurs to put four players, to put two or put three, he can then get the ball and then drive by people. Once he drives by people, that's going to free up the likes of Podence, the likes of Neto. So I think it's something where um, the gaffer's going to have to kind of compromise and say, you know what? Because what's going to happen there is when Wolves when um, every now and again, Traway's going to lose the ball, he's going to be out of position. So it's going to kind of... um, it's going to kind of um, put them in a disadvantage and, and a imbalance when the, their right winger is center midfield. And but I believe it's a good exchange because you can say to I don't know who, Matini or whoever's there, look, just shuffle over momentarily, shuffle over. It's not like that little transition is not going to cost them goals every game, but I think on the other hand, it's going to put um, Throw it in a situation where he can just get the ball more and have more options. Because you pick up the ball on the right wing, you run to the right, you're out, you're out, you run out the pitch. You, you, but if you send centre midfield every now and again, and not, I'm not saying he needs to be playing centre midfield, but he needs to drift into the middle of the park, drift into these um, areas and pick up the ball, and then you're going to see a guy that's more, just more effective and a bit more unpredictable. Like a bit more of a free role, perhaps.
3: Who's, who's the more uh, yeah. one-dimensional winger, Rowan, from, like, your time? Adama Traore or Seoul Kihion? Because all Seol had was that Cruyff turn. But the way Adama is at the moment, it's like he gets to that right-wing position, he allows the fullbacks to come over to him, which then is just decreasing the amount of space he has to drift by.
2: Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good question, but it's not for me it's not a comparison. Um, so you're talking about Seoul the Korean, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the Korean he's not. Um, what's his guy? Torre is way more one dimensional because so he had he, first of all, he was very extremely two footed, he had a little bit more in his locker, so he had a few more skills. So he had his correct turn, he, he had a, a double step over, he had a few more things. Um, Troy, I would say, is more penetrative, and um, one may say he's, he's definitely more dangerous, but Sol could pick up different positions. And the difference is Glenn, Glenn would, um, would probably allow the player to drift off the line a little bit more. But I'm saying this watching this game. Maybe the gaffer's seen him, obviously, in training, and maybe seen – because he's not the smartest. Do you know what I mean? Troy's not the smartest because he gets into some positions and he's not the cleverest with the ball. His usage of the ball's not, not fantastic. I'm not talking about m product. I'm just talking about the selections that he makes when he's maybe just off the line. He's not the brightest. But I would try to develop that if I was the gaffer and encourage that because Neto done it fantastically well. In the last 15 minutes, he was drifting. He was getting into these pockets and he was causing problems. Podence did it as well. And I think I understand what Kim was saying, that he he wasn't maybe as pivotal in this, in this game as other games. But I think... He was still brave. He was still getting on the ball. And when he gets on the ball, this is what happens. He'll get on the ball. And I've always been a... Um, obviously, maybe because I was an attacking player myself, I'm always big on players, central midfielders, to, to try and run at people. Because once you can do that, you can break the lines and then you can free someone else up. But if everyone like Tottenham, Tottenham would drive me crazy... Um, they passed and this one passes to that one and this one passes to that one and then he passed, passed, one. And they're doing well in the league. I understand that. But there's so much pass, 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 pass. So they become a bit predictable. But, and they don't have maybe... Someone may say they don't have the personnel. Whereas I think Pervent's done well when he picked up the ball and he was trying to go past one. It might not have been as, as, a, uh, as far up the pitch as you'd like and got shots off. But I think a lot of what he was doing... Was creating a bit more room for others. Do you mean?
3: I think that's what sort of wolves are missing at the moment. Players like you talk about Poland and said Tottenham could do with a player like Jack Grealish or James Madison. Those players who are able to skip plus one challenge, which then frees up your wingers and your through balls to your strikers. I think that's every every team needs a Grealish or Madison at the moment in the Premier League. I think that's the difference between winning games at the moment.
2: Yeah, and and, and um. Spurs, if I'm being honest, um, oh no, Jose Mourinho. That's not really his way. So, because because to have a guy like a Grealish, even a pedence you kind of you're gonna have to give up a little bit on a defensive end, and and that's just how it goes. Um, but it depends what you believe in. Glenn was a guy who he and this is why I always I would love to um, interview Mourinho one day because I want to do this uh, documentary. Um, philosophies and I'd like to talk to him because obviously he's done really well as a coach great career but I'd like to talk to him about his philosophy and does it mean anything to him to 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 play football that people like to watch or does he not care because if you don't if you don't and you play in the way that he plays now and you don't win anything it's disgusting let's go Adam well we, were, well, we were saying, well, I think you mentioned in our group
1: chat, didn't we? Whereas it's a, an ideal scenario for a Jose Mourinho team to go 1 0 up so early and then just sit back and just defend it for the rest of the game. And it seems to me like you're talking about Jose Mourinho type players. If it was up to him, he'd have just 11 Warriors 11 on, pitch, on the pitch. Yeah, exactly, 11 you know, 11 Michaelesians, yeah. or yeah. I don't know, 11 Sergio Ramoses. I don't know. But someone that typifies him, what he would do on the pitch because you know you know we all know what Mourinho's like, don't we? If he's got a if he's got players on the pitch that would do what he do, they're in, that and that's it, they're brilliant. But whereas, you know, the players that you know, sort of we've got the, the Neto as the pedentors of that world probably wouldn't fit into his, his his football vision, his his philosophy, like like you say. I mean, Rowan, let's say you've obviously played under, under Hoddle, his his vision was always playing an attractive brand of football and tactical brand of football. You probably had that on the on the training pitch day in, day out. I imagine training pitch with Jose Mourinho would be a completely
2: different kettle of fish. Mick McCarthy. Mick McCarthy, um, he was a great man. Very honest man. i got to give it to him. Because, you know, players, when we play um, like for the coaches that like our style, we are, we're like so happy. right? And all of a sudden, you get guys that turn up. Like, for me, it happened with Mick a bit. It happened with Jacques Santini at Tottenham. <laughs> And you see these guys, and they just have a totally different philosophy, totally different vision, and it feels like a totally different sport. And that happened with me with Glenn as at Tottenham. Then Jack Santini came in, nightmare. Then I have a with, me, with uh, Glenn at Wolves, fantastic. That's why I left Tottenham. I could have stayed there. Left Tottenham, went to Wolves, and Glenn Hoddle gets sacked after the first season. Mick McCarthy comes in, he takes me out my position. So this was crazy. And fans sometimes they're not privy to this information, because I think what's um, what the media kind of talks about is not that in depth. So when I was, people say, Rowan, oh, I loved you at Wolves, and uh, Rowan, I, and it's like, you love me at Wolves when i are really, actually I had some good moments under Glenn, um, under Mick, I can't lie about that. But it was mainly when I was the Glen. But then when Mick came in, he was like, Rowan Ricketts, he, I never forgot, he sat in the change room, was like, he said, like, what position would you like to play? I said, central midfield, that's where I was raised at raised at Arsenal, central midfield, and um, at Tottenham. Um, he said, okay, cool. So he ask me that for no reason. It's like, you got your missus, or Adam, you got your missus, and she goes, babe, what do you think, what colour? And you go, put that on, or what lipstick or what is?" and you tell her what you think or what you like, and she just does whatever she wants to do, and, and that's fine, but don't ask me. <laughs> so that's what Mick did with me and then he started to put me in positions that were going to kind of not hurt me but they, I, I couldn't be as productive as I could be and so it's a thing where you kind of like you're like oh my gosh it's just annoying do you know what I mean and I, I can guarantee you guys at Wolves no guys at Real Madrid guys at Spurs now with Mourinho there will be guys there don't like Mourinho style, and they don't like him, but they can't come out and say he's such a big personality because this. And it's worse for them when he's winning, but it, they would have to only they can only really give out their opinion when he's gone or if they don't win anything. And, and it's it's part of football. If I knew this well, you're, stuff you're, now, you'll probably get on.
1: what's happening. To, you'll probably get what's happening to Deli Alli then, right now.
2: Exactly. I I I was in some ways a Deli Alley at, at, at Walls. When Mick, like I've got some deeper stuff I'm writing about it now in my autobiography, where like I was just like, 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 why am I not in the team? I remember I was, I remember I went on a fantastic run as a player for Wolves. It's about 11, 12 games. I was literally on fire, and I'm not saying this because I believe that. My teammates said that, everyone knew it. Mick actually came to me, offered me an extension, and then he, then we went on a four-game losing streak away from home. And Mick then says, you know what, the fifth game, it was against Birmingham, because I'm not losing this. He takes tick, me out, who was the best player at the time, on, you know, form-wise. He takes out a few guys. He puts Daniel J. He puts this super defensive team in. Like, and I didn't understand it. And then he, he, we, we was losing 1-0. He brings me on. I set the goal up. For, again, I think it was Jordy Kredick's goal. Ahead. I set was from a corner. And then the next game, Sunderland at home on Sky. He pulls me out of the whole squad, so this is the stuff where you start to go like, "What is going on?" Do you know what I mean, and and I hope that Lille can stay calm enough and work his way through. Because what happens is a guy comes in, like Mourinho, and he and he has this way of playing, and and it kind of he asks more of certain people. They're not what they can give, but he just, just demands even more from them to suit his style, and then. And it, you, you can't say, well, Deli Ali's not a good player, because look what he's done in the past when he wasn't playing in the Mourinho style. But the Merino comes in big personality, has a way with the people in the media, and it kind of takes away, you know. So um, I'm hoping that, um, uh, what's it called, the Podence and the, the Netos and the Trotteries, they can um, kind of deliver under, under the gaffer, because the gaffer's got a really, for me, he's got a fantastic style way of playing football and he, he, he just gives them the platform but I now I think it's important to develop, it goes deeper than just the, the tactics and the philosophy can you develop the individual, can Troy be developed to be the Troy that we've seen last season where he's like a, a match winner, can he be that more consistently and I think to do that within the system and the philosophy he's got to be able to say hey Troy come offline, come off the line just go where you want to go do you know what I mean? early, early in the game well, we talk about,
1: I mean, develop, players developing. Um, I'm keen to get everyone's thoughts on how we feel that uh, Fabio Silva is developing so far. So he had probably you could argue our two best chances uh, today, but I mean, Kim, how did you feel that that Fabio got on? Did you did you like what you see? Do you think he's he's getting better as the games go by?
4: I do actually. I think he's really really coming on. Um, I think, generally, I think he did get knocked off the ball a few times. But overall, I think his hold-up play and bringing other players into play, he did okay. Um, He's getting in the right places to get the chances. Um, He just needs that, you know, the, the chance at the end where he missed the header. I thought, you know, if that goes in,
0: Oh, no. You know,
4: can you imagine what his confidence would have been like? He just needs that extra, you know, that that goal, whereas <coughs> he still hasn't got it. So is that going to play on his mind? Yes, he got the penalty, but, you know, from open play, I'm not sure he's quite always in the right place. He's, you know, Neto and Podenza buzzing round, sort of, you know, trying to create chances. And he's always that one-second not in the right place at the right time at the moment but i guess that only will come with experience
1: dan um we had, we had um, a message on twitter from mark spruce who um says he, d- he doesn't get the hate towards silver and that he's improving he's getting himself about he's getting he's creating well, He's been there for, to get on the end of chances even though he might not be scoring them how do you think he did and do you think there's a sense of hate. Another not think there's hate towards Silver. Is there, or is it just a fans probably expecting a bit too much of him at the minute?
3: It's just the same as Nelson Tomato Is nothing. People have got unrealistic expectations <clears> due to the, to the to the transfer fee for which they came in. What fans need to get away from this, uh, looking at the financial aspect of it. The, the the football market for transfers now is is ridiculous. It can be ten million for a world. I mean, we signed. Joe Martinez for five million. We signed Fabio Silva for thirty-five million. You, you can't keep looking at the, the financial aspect because of financial fair play now, and the, the long contracts that clubs give out just to sort of cover the fee across our many years. We need to get away from that. F- Fabio Silva is is going to be a serious talent. You you look at how much money we spent on Patrick Cutrone l- last season, and what he's bringing to our team at the moment. Considering it, it shouldn't even be our second uh in line striker he, Jimenez should be number one there should mm. be a more experience behind him and he's been thrown at the deep end and he's, he's done really well I thought tonight he was unlucky not to get at least one goal I thought that that one bit of movement he made in the first half where he gets a side in, I think it's good movement I think the more minutes he gets and the more confidence he, he um he gains I, I think he will be a serious talent he just needs that that goal from open play um Kim from Samedo under the buzz again. We need, to get, we need to get away from
1: this. This like transfer. No, yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. no, no, hang on. Hang I on, on, right. was wondering if that was
1: going to go un- unaddressed or not. Get go him, on, Kim, get him. Let me hear you, Kim. Let's stop
4: Samedo. <laughs> I'm not I'm not talking about, I'm not even thinking about the transfer fee. What I'm thinking of is I'm, we supposedly signed this right back to replace Matt Doherty and he's not an improvement going forward as you know assists goals I don't think he's got any at the moment and then um, defensively you know Doherty was meant to be the weak link defensively but Semedo in terms of positioning is worse than Doherty um, so I don't think it's about the transfer fee it's about have we improved from Doherty to Semedo and at the moment no we haven't or I don't think
3: when you look at sort of the, the relationship that um, Doherty and Traore had last season, which probably contributed to a lot of their assists for Jimenez and, and, and others, Semedo hasn't built up a relationship with Triore yet, which will come with time. He's only been here a couple of months. Defensively, yeah, he has looked a bit inadequate at times, but you still got to remember he's coming into a new system. He hasn't got Messi in front of him, so he hasn't got to defend for 90% of the game now. I mean, we've still got to give him a bit of time. It's the same with Fabio Silva. Just give these players time and their, their talent will come through.
4: But I think there's a difference between Fabio Silva, who's 18 and inexperienced, and Nelson Tomeido, who's played for Barcelona.
3: You know. You, you know my opinions on Barcelona. I mean, Rowan brought up Lionel Messi a minute ago. I didn't really want to dig too deep into that because he's a system player like Matt Doherty.
1: I mean, I, I think actually today, he had, I think he had a fairly decent game. Or, or am I wrong? I thought, I thought he did. I mean, we, as again, what was pointed out in our group chat, that he did, there was a few times when he just completely bottled some headers or, you know, just completely missed them all together. But, I don't know, I thought, I thought he had a fairly decent game today. He's,
3: he's so under the spotlight at the moment, Nelson Semido. Any, any slight mistake in everyone's clambering to, to, to shoot him apart from the one header in like the 95th really
4: minute he didn't really have to defend so he didn't he, he looked okay but i think he still looked a bit clumsy going forward He didn't really offer a lot
3: what, what's your opinion on somedo so far Owen?
2: Um, i've only like i said i've only watched him a couple games if i'm being honest um, i like him as a fullback but i'm not like a huge fan of him and this was before even when he was at barcelona um, like Kim said, he's not how to say, He's not super effective going forward. He's not like a guy that you feel, okay, technically like a Trent um, Alexander-Arnold, he's going to be whipping balls and he's not that guy. So, like, I, I think that when Wolves sign him, they signed some, and this happens a lot in football. There's probably a guy in Wolves' reserves that can do what he does. Right, but what happens is we go out and we want to fill the the, the void uh, left by uh, Matt doggy You want to fill that void, so you go and find someone who's established, you know, tried and tested. But when you look deep into it, you see, okay, this guy is not that much better than what we got in the reserves. If I'm being honest, and then. He's um nowhere maybe as good as effective going forward as Dogerty. But I, I do think that he's he is a solid player, and I do think that today he had a good game. But moving forward, is he a guy that's gonna maybe make the difference? Is he gonna add um like a different kind of weaponry to Wolves's arsenal going forward? He's not that guy. Um and that's why I feel that fans need to understand sometimes that you cannot get certain things from certain players. It's not what they do innately. And you might think, oh, he earns this much and he costs this much. Like you said, we cannot look at the finances and then start to judge these people because we're in a different climate. And like, well, you might go and speak to someone. You might have a pair of, uh, let's say, Nike superstar trainers. And I might phone up Dan and Dan's selling me them for like £80. And then... You happen to be sending them the next week, and I say, Hey, um, Adam, how much you it? Oh, Adam says he's gonna say, I'll say it over 65. Do you know what I mean? Like, so it's just like that. You cannot really kind of look at things for the price and judge them on that. But I, I, I agree more with what Kim's saying, but at the same time, I wouldn't overly judge him. I just think he does a certain thing, he does a certain thing well, but don't expect too much more.
1: Well. Talking about difference, one guy who did make the difference right at the end was Romain Sace, And one thing I'd noticed throughout the game was basically how shit our corners were. To be honest, they weren't our corners all game long, and it's been a bit of a theme for a while now with us, especially when it comes to the short corners. Not, you know, there's no there's no productivity, but when it came to the crunch, simple corner in, glancing header, one-one. So. Is there, do you, Dan, do you reckon that we've got any sort of problem with our set-pieces in general as a club at the minute? Because I, I, apart from today or tonight, was I think I saw something where the, the last time that we scored off a set-piece was the opening day of the season.
3: It, it, it has been uh, quite evident that we are struggling for creativity. I'm not sure whether it's Nuno's not got much trust in our defenders being in the right area at the right time because, I mean... Obviously, when you're at Compton training, Rowan, was, was short corners ever a, an, an option, or was it just get the ball in the box?
2: Depends on the gaffer. So it's a great, point, great question. So just looking at Wolves tonight, for example, um, the set pieces delivery sometimes wasn't up to scratch. Okay, that happens. That can happen. Um, but then the other thing, it all depends on the personnel in the box. I remember Mick used to say. Mick McCarthy said, who's going to put their head in where it hurts? Who's going to put their foot in where, where the boots are flying? So if you... And I was sitting there thinking, I ain't doing that. <laughs> but because but, I wasn't that... And maybe that was a, a, a kind of um, a weakness of mine. I wasn't a guy that was good with my head. And I never improved on it. But you can put all the balls you want in a box. You can work on everything you want to work on in training. When you're in the game and you look over there and you see Sanchez or you see Dyer, you see some, you know, big domineering uh, uh, figures. Are you willing to get yourself smashed and put your head in there? And that's what it's all sort of about to so maybe to get some more results. Um, going, um, I remember asked Wenger what would think outside the box, but they more put it in the box. The gaffer that was a bit more creative when it comes to set pieces was Glenn. Glenn was well ahead of his time, as you probably know. Um, so it was something that he did. Um, but you've got to be... What's the word? You've got to get the right people doing, doing those stuff. And I've, obviously, the gaffer's experience. But you've got to get the right people doing that stuff. And I would like to see... If you're going to do a short corner... Don't do a short corner... Like, like, why would you do a short corner just to get the crossing? Like, Like, if you know what I mean, when I say get the crossing, I mean... You do a short, like there's one corner and maybe the gaff would say to me, Rowan, it was because of this. Do you remember the corner that they took where the guy li- literally touched it for the other guy to whip it in as an outswinger?
3: That's a regular thing, yeah. It's all about
2: creating yeah. those angles. Yeah, <laughs> but like you can get the guy to just do the corner then and then have an extra guy in the box. Like okay. it doesn't even make sense. Like literally he touched the ball, was it, two yards, for the other guy to whip it in. So, and I don't know if they do that to play. I don't know, because if, if, they've given me, you my players' kind of knowledge. They might be, like, the reason they might do that might be because that Glenn was very detailed. So he would say that little movement would shift somebody and maybe give them an advantage, the little movement for when they play the ball. The other thing is, are they trying to keep Tottenham guessing by having an in-swinger and an out swinger out there? Whereas for me... There's not enough to be gained there with those advantages. I think it's better to have the guy in the box, put it in the box. Maybe you have some creative movement. Or or if you want to play it short, you want to play it short to get somebody in on the edge of the box, that little corner, to go into the box and then try and get create a more of a dangerous situation, like a shot across goal where it might ricochet. But what they were doing for me wasn't, 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 wasn't uh, effective enough. I mean, it. and
1: we've kind of known now what you were doing on the training grounds when Glenn was there <laughs> working on all these tactical short corners
2: yeah but people he would work on it, the thing with Glenn is and Glenn was fantastic fantastic coach but as a manager and hopefully Glenn doesn't like mind me saying this and maybe he might say this, he wasn't the greatest manager and just because of how he would speak to people. And and I loved Glenn. Um, but just the way that he would speak to people, not necessarily me, sometimes me, the way that he would come across to... I'll give a little quick story. So um, we here. We were playing... Was I no, I think we were playing Burnley at home. We had to meet up at the hotel. And I had gone and got this unbelievable haircut. It was fantastic, look. I had fade, I had like, I had about, I must have had about eight different fades going. I had these waves, waves, and it head full of waves. It was like the ocean. It was unbelievable. Turned up to the hotel. The boy said, oh, look at him. It like, oh, Rochi, where? Glenn sees the haircut. So this is what I'm talking about, managing people. He saw the haircut, and because he didn't like it, and I don't know what he was thinking. He spoke to me in a way, said, hey, you, you better go and get your haircut now and get rid of that. Or you're not playing tonight. And I was on fire at the time. And that was it. That was it. I, I listened to it. I respect the game so high. Anybody would tell you, a, a coach that's kind of give you opportunity to be a professional football player and give you games, and they love you as a player, everybody wants to be obedient to that that coach. Right, I mean, you're not going to really show too much of an ego to that coach, and Glenn was that coach for me. And but when he said that to me, I was like, "What are you on about?" But I didn't say anything to him, and I went back over, He said, "You better get that haircut before the game." And mind you, we had let's say the game was at it was 7:45 kickoff. We probably was having our pre-match meal around 4:30, 4:45. So I got three hours to go and find a barber. And all this nonsense. I asked one of the boys if they can. So I remember that all the boys now: Jolly Lescott, Kenny Miller, um, Lee Naylor, Incy. Incy, they're like, he's they called me, call me Rochi or Louis. Like, Come on, Rochi. Don't let him bully you, lad. Don't get you a haircut. Go on, grow some balls. And they were, he was giving it all that. But I know that he was winding me up. They all winding me up to see what i do. You know, the band is, is very crazy. So he's trying to set me up to get in trouble, but at the same time, he's saying, if you do it, you ain't got no balls. So I was sitting there, I'm like, in the end, what do you think I've done? Let me ask you three. Who, what do you think I've done? Got my hair cut or, or, or stood by my guns? Let me hear you, Adam. I reckon Insee got the clippers out. <laughs> what do you reckon, Kim? Kim, what do you think?
4: I reckon you... You
2: did. You had it cut. Um, Dan, what do you think? I mean, I've
3: spoken to you numerous times. I think you 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 would have stood your ground.
2: I love it. I wish I would have stood my ground. I got it cut, <laughs> mate. I got it cut. I shit my, I shit myself. <laughs> but, so I got I got it cut, and um, but more of the story is, is that. He, he way that he spoke, to, and I don't and I even play that well, so this is even worse. So it's like you tell me to cut my hair, have thinking it's going to have something to do with how I play, and it has nothing to do with it. And this was the things where I said that he could have not just with me spoke to people in a different way and have a bit a better understanding of the individuals, not just be Glenn on it, not just be Glenn on everybody. Because if like we look at Neymar today, Neymar gets different cut, haircuts and you can say, oh, but Neymar's this and the Neymar's that. No, Neymar's always been that because of where he is in Brazil, the Brazilians, and they're very expressive and very creative as people. So you have to allow them to be them. But I am also that. I'm a Jamaican background. We don't do things maybe how uh, – who was in the team? Mark Kennedy might come in, he gets a normal cut, and that's just him. You know, our brothers, we're trying to get a couple lines in there. We're getting this and that, a couple colours. But he wasn't having that. So, um, yeah. So, uh, thanks, Glenn. I love you. But that was a little story I had to put out there. <laughs> wasn't well, one I of the wonder... main
3: frustrations with Glenn was that he was better than most of the players. So, when things weren't coming off, he was just, I can't be dealing with this sort of thing.
2: That was, that was another one. But he wasn't, um, like, I loved him. I, I used to love, just love, love Glenn. Like, when he came and trained with us, I loved it. But there was at points, I remember one time he told me, I don't know if he said it to me, or he said it to somebody else. Uh, it might have been to me. I can't remember. But we was doing free kicks, and he said, "If you can't do this, I don't know what you're doing it." Or, 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 but, but, but looking back now, he might have been saying it might have been his sense of humor. Who knows? Um, but he was very, very gifted, and he expected certain things done to the level that he could do it. And I now get that because when I'm coaching these kids over here, the Royal Ricketts Academy, um, when I'm coaching these kids, I, I, I demand a lot from them. And I think, okay, why can't they do this stuff? But at the same time, maybe they didn't work on that because it takes a long time to, to, to attain new skills. But yeah, that, that was an issue. And I heard that in position at, um, the, at England level. Um, I'd love to have a conversation with Glenn to ask him, because I've spoken to a lot of the coaches that I've been coached by and I've spoken to them and I've asked them what have they developed since I was their player and they've come, a lot of them have come out with stuff, so I'd love to know if Glenn would be humble enough to say that, yeah, you know what, I need to work on how I communicate with um, different individuals. I'd love to know that. That'd be a good interview.
1: There's a lot of former players, isn't there, who, you know, when that's, asked- at the time at Wolves, who was their best coach or manager? If they've had, if they've been there over a few managers, they've all said, well, pretty much all of them have all said Glenn. i they've all said that technically, and I've stressed a lot of the word technically. You know, going back to your previous stories, Rowan, they said technically that Glenn's been the best coach, and then it seems to be it seems to be a common theme that once you're on the training ground with him, he's got so much knowledge and expertise onto the players. Uh, granted, you know, didn't really work out in the end with Wolves. He, he wasn't here for a, a massive amount of time, but it just seems to be that he, you know, he's got such a lot of knowledge to give. Probably, you know, maybe still has. We don't know, but certainly back in though in that in that era, he was, you know, he was a bit of a visionary at the time, and you, you obviously you, you've seen that first first hand. Yeah. Um, Well, just to round off um, on this section, I just want to touch on what we think that Wolves need going into the January window, which is obviously uh, fast approaching. I don't know whether Nuno is looking for any sort of players with a a trim haircut or anything like that, but (laughs) um, what do do we think we need? So, you know, Dan, what what do you reckon, or what would you like to see coming into the Jan window? Where do you think we need some surgery to the team?
3: I think it's pretty evident, isn't it? We need, we need a striker just to take the burden off Fabio. Um, ideally, I'd, I'd like another, a proper number 10, a, a Greenish or a Madison type. They're not the players. I, I, we're not capable of them. But a number 10 who can skip a challenge, find those through-ball passes, we need that, that sort of attacking midfielder for me. Defensively, I think we've got we've got enough cover. Johnny will be back soon. Hopefully, Willy Bolly isn't out for much longer. And then Dendog can fill in at the back if, if we ever get really desperate. I just think we we need those those two, a number ten and a number nine. That's for me. Well,
1: there are some rumours, isn't it, that we have or we are looking at Jovic from Real Madrid. I don't know if that's going to come to pass at all. But Kim, what are your thoughts? Where are you, are you in agreement with Dan, or is there any other areas or any other players you think you'd like to see? Kim wants a right back.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Kim, yeah. yeah. Kim wants some other ends.
4: I'd agree. Stryker is probably the be all and end all. I don't think we'll sign anyone but a striker either. I I don't think, even though I agree, I think we need a a greenish type player. I think Nuno won't see it that way. I think, you know, we've got Pedence Neto who aren't that type of player but have got that flair and creative edge.
2: that we need so yeah just just a striker really I think yeah. I'd probably be content with 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 that. Yeah I disagree I with both of them. I'm not having it. Listen Grealish Grealish quality player top player um but perhaps is that style of player. So I don't think and this is what happens a lot and this is this happens a lot at clubs. And I've watched now as a former player and I've watched transfer windows come and people want to buy and they said we need this and then the next one that comes and now we need this. And so when does, when does it ever like kind of, when do you ever turn and look back at the youth team? When do you ever look uh, at the reserves and see if we can bring someone in and develop like a, a better right back than Sameda or, or keep going with um, Podence and develop Fabio? Um, today people obviously, today was a game that was obviously live, but when you think about it, um, it was very difficult for, for Silver today because you're playing against Tottenham who blocked the lanes. So they blocked the lanes. So it's very difficult for them to even get the ball into him to show any qualities that he does have. Um, but yeah, I just, I just feel that people need to sometimes work with what they have, go to the youth team before they go and buy. Um, and the other thing, which I think is very important, um, Wolves fans, and same with Tottenham fans, but it's happening to Wolves fans now. And I'm so proud of what Wolves are and how they've done well. And everyone's talking top six, and this is how they think now. But we have to still, without without and without putting a downer on how 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 ambitious Wolves are and how now the fans are because of what they've achieved over the last couple of years. I think we still have to remember, in the big realm of things, where Wolves. Where Wolves are, and I'm not saying to accept that you're in the Premier League and, okay, if you finish 15th. No, but 8th is great for Wolves. ninth is great for Wolves. 6th is wonderful. Above that is, like, stupendous. So I feel that, like, because if, if you start, because this when you look at, look at the transfer window, you think, okay, you're thinking top six, you think, okay, we need to, we need to, we need to. No, we want to be there. But who are you going to buy in tr- transfer window that's going to completely go, yeah, this guy, he can push us to fifth, sixth. Like, who? who's that guy? So there's no way we can say, yeah, that's the guy. So if we can't do that, let's work with what we have and kind of be content to maybe... Right, we might get six, but we're gonna go to eighth. And I, because I feel, if you don't do that, I say this all with Wolves fans. If you don't do that, you're gonna quickly go against yourselves. You're gonna quickly turn, because w- when it doesn't work out, if a new guy comes in, like a new player on the January transfer window, or if you look at the youth from player, it doesn't really work for you. you end up being tenth, eleventh, you start complaining now because you was like f- focused so much on sixth and fifth because you've got a, a bit of joy over the last uh, couple of years. So Wolves fan, don't lose perspective just my I personal think, I opinion think
1: that, i think that's happened already in some some parts yeah it's gone it's gone it's gone it's gone <laughs> yeah. you know, gone
2: <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna All say right. every um uh, my apologies i've got some stuff i gotta do over in canada as you know we're a different time zone um what's the, what were you we on next so i can know because I, I don't want to rush you lot off but i might have to go soon no that's
1: fine we're just going to do the um We'll have a break now, and then we'll just do the Man United preview. So if you've
2: got stuff to do, Dan, let us hold you up. Cool. Sweet. So Dan, Kim, uh, Adam, it's been a pleasure talking to you lot. Um, Thanks for having me on. Let me know when you might need me on in the future, uh, and we can go and have a chat. And next time, I want you to do the intro with me in Portuguese, brother.
3: <laughs> on there, right?
2: just, just the, just the <laughs> intro I'm not asking for much <laughs> right, challenge accepted then love that, the next one you're not going to call me for a year are you <laughs> cool, take care Take care, Kim, take care Dan alright
3: nice one, have a good new year Paul.
2: alright, you too okay alright, touch base soon, bye See bye you later.
0: bye Hey, podcast pet parents, you've got plenty to do and don't need more to worry about, especially when it comes to pets. So try Wonderside, a spray that kills and repels 100% of fleas and ticks and replaces spot drops or pills which have nasty ingredients. Because it's plant-based, it's safe around kids and can be used on dogs and cats of all ages. Oh, and it smells amazing. Try it for 20% off at Wonderside.com slash podcast with coupon code podcast. That's Wonderside. With a C.
1: Right, well, uh, time stamp a break there then.
3: What are we on here? I don't know what time it is. (laughs) Yeah, okay, so just, um, you've said you're having a break. Just, Just crack on now, jump back in.
1: All right, welcome back. Uh, thank you there to Rowan Ricketts there for being our guest. He's just about to jump off. Um, but it's great insight there from Rowan from through his thoughts and from also his time at Wolves. Um, just to round off on the podcast now, um, we've obviously got a quick turnaround. Um, we've got playing play Man United in probably less than 48 hours now, time of recording. Um, interesting on your thoughts, guys, and to how you see this going. I mean, obviously... This time last year, we had two equally sized games back to back in Liverpool and Man City. Um, how do you think we're going to see the Man United game? They're, at, they're in good form, from what I think they're at the, the second in the form table coming into this game. Um, obviously, Fernandez is their danger man. Uh, that's, that's obviously an obvious point to make. But, Dan, how, how do you feel the game's going to go? Or what, what do you think we need to do in order to get a result from the game?
3: Same again, four two three one. Let's go at them. They're due a defeat. I don't. I think they haven't lost in like nine or ten league games now, so they're due a defeat. Keep keep Bruno Fernandez quiet. I've, I think we're we're very much in with a chance of getting a result there. And Fabio Silva is due to score a winner sooner or later.
1: I like it. I like the optimism. Kim, what do you reckon?
4: Well, I don't think there was um. Good at home, are they United this season? As they have mm-hmm. been away. So yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty optimistic actually after that performance. I think um hopefully we do stick with four at the back, I think. Um it seems to be the way forward, and obviously we don't know if Bolly's going to be back anyway. It seems that Nuno prefers, I think, to go switch to four rather than bring Kilman in to make it a five at the moment um, so yeah I think all being well I'm actually quite optimistic and would yeah I'll predict
1: 2-1 Down. what's your predictions for the game 3-2 5 goals in a Nino game yeah you're, you're open aren't you uh, Bruno
3: Fernandes will get one I think there'll be a wicked deflection uh, to give them their second goal but Fabio Silva two one, either side of a Neves strike.
1: Do you know what? It's it's gonna you know it's gonna like completely take us all by by surprise. We're gonna go like back go back to a back five again, Troy Ray back on the bench and probably like Pidence as a false nine again. Something so it's something crazy just to keep us on our toes. I mean, obviously it's anything could really happen in these sort of games because all the teams have got such a quick turnaround. I think, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, that have we got one of if not the shortest turnarounds in terms of games you know, this this time this time of year it's definitely one of the shortest yeah.
4: turnarounds um, wasn't it something like 36
1: hours or something i think it yeah i think it was something really daft like that and i remember us complaining at the time when 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 all the tv fixtures come out because I mean, for me, I don't even—I didn't like the fact that we lost the Boxing Day game. For me, I love playing on Boxing Day. I don't like waiting, having the 27th of December game. It just doesn't feel right. And to be fair, it's that time of year where I don't even know what day it is anyway. To be fair, I have to keep checking. I don't even—I know not what day of the week it I is. I didn't even
4: realize we were playing Tuesday until a few hours ago. To be honest, I was like, that, "Oh, we're playing da, again. Days again today." Yeah,
1: Some, <laughs> Sunday. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm—I'm I'm quite on with you guys. I mean. I, Knowing that wolves are consistent in their inconsistency at the minute, to use that well-worn cliche, cliche, I'll probably fancy us to get a bit of a result. To be honest, against United, I know they've got you know they've got a pretty potent you know forward line as we say, Fernandez, Rashford, Cavani. You know it seems to be at the time. Some people are questioning whether that was a wise signing for them or not, but he seems to have hit the ground running with them whenever he's come on and played. So they will be dangerous. But I just think with their with their forward players and their, their back line, I mean, I'd fancy, I don't know about you guys, but I'd fancy Prudence's chances against Maguire all day long, to be honest.
4: I think it's defensively that can be got at. So I just hope that we don't sort of go back to a back five and almost sit back. Because whilst that sometimes can work, you know, We've proved tonight that we can control and dominate a game against, you know, probably a team as good as Man United. So I don't, I don't see why we shouldn't just carry on as we have done tonight.
1: Okay, Dan, let's get your final thoughts then on, on what you think before we wrap up.
3: It's been a, it's been an eventful year, um, and, I, and I think we're gonna. End it with a bang against Man United. I think we're, we're due a win at Old Trafford. It's been a while, been a long, long while. And like what Kim said, they're there to be got at. And I, I think it's just it, this is the making of Fabio Silva this game. If he if ever you wanted to score a winner in a game, it's going to be this one.
1: You've, you've gone all in on Fabio Silva, and you? all your chips are down on Fabio I, Silva.
3: I bet 50 pen on him to get a shot on target the other way that
1: never came in. <laughs> Well, no. I couldn't believe that. All right then. Well, um, that we'll leave it there then. So um, we'll have another pod recording uh, straight after the Man United game. So keep your ears out for that. But thanks to Dan and Kim, um, and we'll see you all after the Man United game. Take care, everyone. Stay safe. Bye. Bye.
4: The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Earn great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives.
0: Learn more online at cbp.gov slash career USBP. Whatever you're saving up for. A CD from Sandy Spring Bank lets you grow your savings at a guaranteed rate. Right now, earn interest at 5.00% APY on an 8-month CD special or 4.25% APY on a 14-month CD special. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com slash cdspecials. Minimum opening deposit to earn the annual percentage yield is $500 for the 8-month CD special and $2,500 for the 14-month CD special. Member FDIC.